Hey, you ever been to Chancellor Park? That's where I live. My name is Tavin Dillard, and I live in a trailer park called Chancellor Park, and I mow lawns. I'd like to introduce you to my town. I've been making YouTube's videos since about 2006, and then I've transitioned over to other platforms like the TikToks and the whatnot. But here on this podcast, I'd like to clue you into what's going on with me here lately. And this is like a pre-introduction. Now I'm going to send it off to myself for the real introduction. I'm glad you joined me. Bink, bink. Well, welcome to the Tavin Dillard Podcast, y'all guys. Season 2, Episode 3. How was your week? Now, I know this podcast come out on Tuesdays. Now, I ain't foolish enough to think that folks is just lining up Tuesday, waiting for it to go live and bank, bank, and listening to it. So you might have listened to it on uh, a Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturdays or Sunday. I don't know. But every Tuesday, the thing comes out. So when I ask how your week was, uh, that's what I'm talking about. But I know, like, now you can listen to this thing when it's convenient for you. Now, years ago, you couldn't do that. When I was growing up and I wanted to watch the Dukes of Hazard, that's Friday nights. And right after that was Dallas kind of thing. And you had to plan your day around that because they wasn't going to, the networks, they weren't going to plan around you. You was going to plan around them kind of thing. And so you had to show that unless you had a friend that was ahead of the game and a little high dollar and then they daddy got a BCR or something. But that's few and far between. So basically, you know, you had to be ready when they was ready. But now this podcast is ready whenever you it's waiting on you when you got time you listen to it but we we do it once a week me and the mouse in my pocket i guess so that's how that go i hope you had a good week i know i can't hear your answer when i ask you how you did but i still want you to know that i'm curious and i do hope it was good i i actually got some good news y'all know uh, that i like to eat what tastes good you know like a bacon double cheeseburger seasoned curly fries dr pepper well let's say you got a hot dinner roll that's softer than a baby angel's leg. What are you going to put on it? Butter. That's right. I mean, that's a given. Butter go good on everything. But how about some honey? Well, I'm telling you, I teamed up with Bee House Honey. they at beehouse.com for a sweet surprise. I mean, they got honey. It is raw. It ain't cooked. It comes straight from the hive, strained and bottled. That's just simple, straightforward. Nothing else. That stuff in the store is cooked so it don't ever crystallize, but that cooks all the good stuff out of it. This here is as natural as you get. Well, that's good to have. And where can I get some? Hold on here. We teamed up. And when you're on a team, that means this person's participating and the other person's participating. And together, y'all team and you're trying to do something together. Well, how'd you team up, Tavin? Well, there is a Tavin Honey. Like my face is on the bottle and it's called Tavin's Honey from Bees. Because I don't want you to be confused and be like, hey, where'd this honey come from? Where'd Tavin get this from? No, it's from a bee. I mean, more than one bee. It's Tavins Honey from Bees. And you can check the link in the show notes uh, to get, get yourself a bottle. You know, you can pick it up for yourself or a jar for a gift for somebody else at that Bee House link in the show notes. They got several options of honey you'll see. And one of them is the Tavins Honey from Bees. Got my face right there on the label. You get that jar, it's like we having breakfast or supper or any other meal together. So that's how that goes. Beehouse.com. Again, thanks for uh, hopping on board and teaming up with me, Bee House. And speaking of team team burger shed was added again this week um and like i said i hope your week is good there are folks out there that actually hope people have bad weeks now i ain't one of them people i hope you ain't either but can you believe that that's a lot of extra effort and energy spent on the wrong things the way i see it does it snow where you live it don't snow in my town very often at all 
And I think that's why I kind of like the snow. If you live in them places where you open your front door and there's a 10 foot snow bank, that could be a little tiring, I'd imagine. Can't even get to the street in front of your house without like a, a three hour effort or whatever, no thanks. Uh, I guess if you've got the right tools, all it makes a difference. That's true for anything, you know. I've been wanting to do more fishing, for instance, but you can't just go to the lake, inspect fish to jump up on the shore and say, hey, here I am, you know, kind of thing. You gotta, you gotta get a pole, you need a bait or a lure, snacks. Snacks are a pretty big deal, you know, for me. They like the baseline where you think, well, I might not catch nothing today, but I got this bag of hot fries, uh, so that's something. That's the way I look at it. So I went to the lake this week, and I ain't got a real good uh, fishing setup. I'll just be honest with you. I got buddies that got real good fishing setups, and they kind of helped me out. I mean, I got a tackle box, but it's about as put together as a miscellaneous section at Jerry Don and Silver Farnhart's Flea Market in town. I mean, they got a picture frame, a Fraggle Rock souvenir cup, Holiday Inn ashtray, a muddy pillow, and a Nerf football with what looks like a bite taken out of it all on the same shelf. That's kind of what it feels like when I open my tackle box. It's a little all over the place. You know, there ain't no organization, so you just guessing every time, and I never take the time to put it together to where it's easier the next time. Not the best system. I will omit that. I will omit that that is not the best system to have, but I will also omit that is the system I have. That's what I do, and it's a mess. I got stuff in there I ain't throwed away because maybe I'll need a bent hook sometime, but I always skip it because there's a better hook in that box. Then I get them glittery, shiny worms because I thought, them catch my eye. But just because I think a lure looks neat don't mean that I'm going to catch anything because the fish have to think it looks neat, not me. See, that's how that works. So I did some fishing the day before our second softball game this past week. I just fished top water, you know, tried to be patient. I lasted about an hour, which is a long time for me with, with not even a bite. I got a couple bites, but nothing would like stay on the hook long enough. But I think part of my problem is that I immediately react. I don't slowly reel it in or nothing or, you know, and I, I'm awfully terrible at setting the hook. I mean, I, the reason I say that is I didn't catch nothing. And something was on there. It might have been a log. But truth be told, I've had better success setting hooks in logs than I have in fish. It's like when a, like a fly lands on your lip. That's how I react. You just move. You smack your own face. You jump up. You run. No real rhyme or reason. No plan. You just move. Anything and everything that you can bend. And bending them arms to smack your face. Bending them legs to run. Deep knee bends to duck. It don't matter. You just move. And that's how I do if something touches my line, I'm like all over the place, boy, I gotta get this thing in kind of thing. And it ain't a good, it ain't a good plan. And I am, I am determined uh, to get better at that this year. I did see a bass in the lake, so I know they in there. I just ain't got the technique or the patience just yet. I don't, but I'm hopeful that we'll get it figured out, me and my fishing buddies, that know more than me and they help me out, you know. And that might've been part of my problem uh, this week down there. I was fishing solo, so I'm just kind of guessing at all the stuff I probably got wrong, you know. I mean, I know I didn't catch a fish, so something didn't go right. You know what I think I could do pretty good at is magnet fishing. You heard about that? I was talking to Rance Farnhart today because, well, he run a bait and tackle on the lake, and that's where I was, and I told him I could do pretty good on that magnet fishing probably. He knows about it, but it's a whole different, you know, kind of fishing. I mean, it's basically treasure hunting. You know, you fish... You expect to catch a fish. You drop a magnet in the water. Oh, buddy, there's all kinds of things you could be pulling up. Anything that's metal. Anything that somebody dropped that's metal. Somebody dropped it this year, last year, 50 years, 100 years ago. I'm telling you, a big old magnet on a rope, 
and then you kind of dragging the bottom of the river or the lake to pull up some metal. Folks lose cell phones, they lose keys, all kind of things. You might find a barbecue grill, you might find a bike frame in order to, a pole to a swing set, a horseshoe, railroad spikes, all kind of things. It, it takes some skill, but you ain't got to outsmart a fish. You know, that, that metal's just laying there. It, it ain't kind of like, boy, I hope it don't catch me. You know, it, it ain't thinking like that. It ain't got a brain in it like a fish do. And that's, that's where I think I got the advantage, you know, uh, to the metal things. You just got to outsmart the water, I guess, because if you pull something heavy too fast, it drops back down. So there's, there's skill, but it's a different kind of fish is all I'm saying. Rant said it seemed like a waste of time. You know, what am I going to do with a pile of rusty junk? And I told him I'd say to folks, hey, look here at this pile of rusty junk I pulled out the water. I mean, that right there is reward enough for me. And, you know, I'm saying it was in there and now it's over here. And I did that. You know, feels like accomplishment. I mean, maybe my bar set a little too low, but that, boy, that's a little bit of a thrill when I've done it. But I've only done it a few times, and I need to get my own rope and magnet and gloves. You don't want to be barehanding that rope trying to pull something heavy unless you've done so much overhauling the transmissions and construction work that your own hands are like gloves made of calluses. Anyhow, you know, like that away. So anyway, you know I need my hands for lawn mowing and softball. You know, they say a good infielder, he got soft hands is what they call it. And they ain't literal soft. Like you can have calluses and be a soft-handed softball player, but I ain't an infielder anyway. They put me in the outfield most of the time. I have done some pitching, so you do have to field if they hit the ball that way. You may have heard, though, that Bud's Burger Shed, Team's Burger Shed, is undefeated this season. And if you ain't, well, now you know. We In, in winter ball, we ain't lost a game. I mean, leading into this week's game, we were undefeated. Maybe we still are. I'm going to give you an update on this week's game here in a minute. But we handedly beat Runwell Tires last week, and that is a big deal. They're a good team, and they got beat by quite a bit. Final score was 14-4. Ain't that something else? Because they knocked us out of the playoffs last season. So, I mean, it's a big win for us the other night. We was excited. Now, not at the beginning. You know, when Cody Mantell got into a fight before that game in the parking lot with Lonnie Brunwell, I was wondering how this is going to go. But we got it figured out, and Team Burgershed was dialed in. So you probably want to know how this week go. How'd it go? Well, first of all, it was Cheryl Grubbs' night to work the concession stand. Last week, Cricket worked it, and it's fun seeing her at the builds because, well, I like Cricket. And I was a little worried last week when she was working there because I saw what happened when Mary Beth Tucker was working the stand last season, and Myra Curtis was beyond distracted. He's a mess, more games than one. Well, there's a door on the back of the concession stand, and somehow Cheryl Grubbs locked her purse and her dog inside the concession stand. She got there a little early, put the cash box inside, and her dog was following her. She called that dog Jalapeno, and she brought it to the fields. She brought that dog to the fields. Not the best idea when you got a job to do and ain't going to be able to watch your dog. Because Cheryl's husband, Shane, he's the new addition to the Team Burger Shed. He's one of our new guys like Cody Mantell this season. And we ain't going to be able to watch no dog during the game. And they live on three acres. I'm thinking, leave that dog out at home and let it run it out out there. It ain't got to be cooped up, you know, around inside a concession stand or wherever Cheryl's planning on leaving it during the game. Well, she did the opposite. Instead of giving that dog space to run, she got jalapeno locked in a concession stand, pretty much built for one. You can maybe squeeze two folks in there, and they still have room to turn around, get a soda out the ice chest or whatever, or, you know, grab the snow cone flavor off the shelf, that kind of thing. But it's tight. I didn't even know you could lock that door, but whatever was going on, 
Cheryl thought she was locked out or couldn't get that door open and she kind of panicked. So now she's thinking the money's in there, all the food's in there, but I'm out here. I got locked out at a concession stand. So this is happening tonight at the softball fields. She was separated from her dog and her purse. And this is basically her purse not running the concession stand. So she's wanting to do a good job, you know, good first impression. Uh, well, Cheryl ain't real tall and she's a little on the stout side, you'd probably say. So jalapenos in that stand. I don't know if that dog because I ain't in the mind of a dog and I don't speak dog or whatever but I don't I, I guess that dog might have been panicked I don't know if it even knew it was locked in the concession stand it might have just thought oh the door shut she'll be back in a minute what do I care I'm going to lay down here or whatever but Cheryl for sure was panicked kind of thing and her solution to this dilemma was to try and crawl over the front counter of the concession stand. You know, where you give people their food that they order and where they pay right there. So Cheryl's in a pair of mud boots, blue jeans, and jeans, they don't give much if you got to be active. They just don't. Thanks, stretchy jeans. You know how jeans are. You've worn jeans before. And she had on a cat sweater and a windbreaker. So she first tried to lift a leg and get a knee on the counter. Well, she's about three feet shy of that knee hitting the top of that counter. I mean, try again, Cheryl. And a little jalapeno starting yapping now. So maybe that, you know, that dog sense that Cheryl's panicked and jalapeno thinks, well, I need to be panicked too. And I'm a doggy and I know how to bark. So we're warming up. Our game ain't started yet. Folks are just getting to the fields. And Cheryl's over there at the, the concession stand and she start backing up. She's just moving them little legs backwards, like away from the concession stand. I mean, like 10 paces. I see that out of my periphery, and I see Cheryl backing up like she's a bull going to charge like a matador or whatever, except there ain't no matador. It's a softball field concession stand. I was playing some catch with JT Whitlow when I saw all this, and JT threw one just about hit me, ended up rolling right up against the chain link, and I think he's about to holler at me, but then he saw what I saw, and he kind of locked in on it too, like, what's going to happen kind of thing? So Cheryl has backed up. And I think I even heard her snort, you know, like a bull do when it's going to charge him out the door. And then she started running at that concession stand. For, for what? We were not sure. I don't know what, her, what was going on, but in her mind, did she think that she'd launch and just like sail over the counter and land on the other side on her feet? I don't know what she was thinking, but I do know that she backed up 10 paces and started steady sprinting, you know, her version of a sprint toward the concession stand that apparently she was locked out of and how was she going to land like on her feet did th she think she might land on her dog buddy i was locked into this show well she got about one and a half strides in and she slipped in the mud boots and she just ate it she's down on her face now by that then her husband shane he's seen her and he was all we was all headed over there but shane's hollering lord cheryl what happened she kind of pushed herself up, some mud on her cheek, and she just said, I got locked out of the concession stand. You know, she gets she a little sad because, you know, she got a job to do. We get that. And then Shane said, and you was just going to try to run into it? I was going to jump over the counter. As she said it, she said it out loud that she's going to try to jump over the, that concession stand counter. And Shane's like, Cheryl, you can't jump. Well, about that time, Jalapeno come walking around the back of the concession stand, wagging his tail, and the door to the concession stand was wide open. And he's like, why didn't you just go in back there and through the door? And she said, it was locked. And he's like, I don't think there's a lock on that thing. Shane went and peeked at the door. Sure enough, there wasn't no lock. Door apparently got stuck or something. And Cheryl just panicked like she just didn't try hard enough back there. We was glad she didn't make it very far with her plan to hurdle the counter. She did not think that through. That could have been a lot worse. If she slipped, you know, closer to the thing, hit her chin on that thing, or her face against the wood of the, of the whole concession stand, could have been worse than just a little mud on her cheek, you know. So she had to get cleaned up quick, 
and then uh, get to work. We was just a few minutes from game time. Folks were starting to show up to buy snacks at that concession stand. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. So here we are, just about game time. Our whole team is on time. That rarely happened last season. Even Cody Mantell was there, and he's kind of our wild card, you know. He was kind of laughing. Hey, Shane, I didn't know Cheryl was a track star. He said like that. And Shane just said, me neither, Cody. You know, he just kept it kept it easy. Wasn't going to start nothing with Cody. Russell Tucker, he's basically the guy who puts together the lineup. He's kind of the coach. Sometimes Mort Doidel will act like a coach, too. They had me batting leadoff, which is probably a good call. I hit to contact and I sat and I run like a puma. So I ain't never been, you know, I ain't never actually seen a puma run, but I imagine they, they quick. At least when I say it, it puts a picture in my head in such a way that I think that's a pretty fast animal. Not like a cow. When I think of a cow running, I think I can probably beat it. I might be wrong on that, but that's what I think. So I'm lead off and Cody's behind me and then Rusty Tidwell followed by Mort Dwydell. That's our first four. We was the away team. Even though we live in town, you can't be the home team every week because everybody in the league lives in town, so we got to take turns on that. So the away team bat first. That's us, which means I bat first because I'm leadoff hitter. Well, I step up to the plate in the top of the first, and I ain't trying to mess around. I hit it sharp through the infield. I mean, I'm swinging, and it's rolling to the gap in the outfield. Well, about that time, Cheryl Grubb's dog, Jalapeno, darts into the outfield, snatches up my hit, which I'm pretty sure is going to be a double, and takes off. It's gone, and so is the ball. So Shane starts hollering at her dog, which I guess is his dog too, but he might not claim it. And then there's Cheryl leaving her post at the concession tent because she realized her doggies hit the road. And this ain't a good look for Shane as a new team member or Cheryl as a new concession stand help. Shane got that ball back. It was all wet and slobbery, and he dried it off on his uniform, and he told Cheryl she shouldn't bring a jalapeno to the fields. And she says, well, I know that now. Who knows where that ball would have rolled if I hadn't got snatched up by a dog. They gave me second base. I figured that's fair, but I don't get a triple this season. I'll probably point back to this game and say that's probably would have been a triple. That would have been my one triple. You, but you know, you can't you can't worry about that now. It was a tough game. It felt long, you know, like we was on the base pass for a while. You know, when we was on offense, we were moving the ball around that way. But then also, they was getting a few hits here and there while we was out in the outfield for a while. Wait, and it's just one of them games that, you know, that's why you just got to grind it out. Hey, you on a softball team, y'all working hard. Some days ain't going to be easy, but we grinded it out. It, it seemed so long. I mean, part of it was because probably a dog stole the ball in the first inning. But our hero tonight was Rance Farnhart. He has solid defense out at second base. He ain't played there much, but he may do more but now he hit two doubles a triple maybe a single too think about it and in the end Bud's Burger Shed extended our win streak to two games to start the winter league we won nine to four that's how that go so not only do we have a two-game winning streak we have an o-game losing streak we ain't lost the game yet we two and oh two for the wins oh for the losses so we feeling good we feeling stretched out and I guess People were none the wiser about all that went on before the concession said started today because they had a line the whole time and Cheryl seemed to get through it. But I bet she could have done a little better if she didn't have a dog. She had to chase down and, you know, think she's locking in a concession stand and all that. So I think that's the last we'll see a jalapeno down at the fields this season. I sure hope so. Because everybody there, Cheryl and Shane, who's in charge of that dog, they down there to do something. They ain't down there just to spectate and sit in the bleachers with the animal. Uh, one's playing on the field. The other one's in the concession stand, you know, keeping people fat and happy. So it's a good game. You know, I, I'm proud of how Team Burger Shed's coming together. Shane and Cody Mantell are blended in perfectly. And uh, I'm excited. 
I'm excited for my honey too. Thanks to Bee House for bringing the honey, I'll bring the biscuit. Pick up some of Tavin's Honey from Bees, you know, for Ricky Don and them cousins who might drop in. Check them out at the link in the show notes. Next week, either Cheryl's working a concession stand again, or it might be Cricket. I just don't know yet, but I'm pretty sure Cheryl learned a couple lessons this week. One, don't bring your dog to the fields if you can't watch it. And two, the door on the concession stand, don't lock. Hey, if y'all guys could take a minute and just rate this podcast on the iTunes, wherever you wherever you listen at, and then leave a comment. That's that's the feedback I get is them ratings and comments folks leave. Uh, you can always shoot me an email at gmail.com. but if you just take a, a sec or two to, to give this thing a rating, I sure appreciate it. Love to know what you think. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I hope you have a hoot of a week ahead. I'll be stretching out, probably eating some Power Meals down at the Burger Shed, and until next time, we'll see you later.